Thank you for listening to this message from Life in the Sun Christian Fellowship. We hope you'll be inspired to honor God and make disciples. Uh, you know, yeah, we got some stuff that I'm going to cover this morning on the blessed life. But, you know, honestly, God has made my job very easy this morning because he's already displayed his motivation. And it's his love. It's, it's us being touched by something that is greater than us. And that we sense is going to deliver us at a deeper level from the things that we are battling with in this life. And, you know, we've been, we started a new series last week called The Blessed Life. And, you know, God in his sovereignty continually shouts from heaven, it is through my love that you experience the blessed life. So this morning we're going to continue. Uh, if you don't know who, who I am, my name is Chris. I'm one of the elders here at, uh, or one of the leaders here at, the, at Life in the Sun. And I just want to, you know, thank everybody for, uh, especially the new people for coming out this morning because you, you made a commitment to step into this church today and God already met you. His commitment to you has already been displayed and that's really what we want to talk about this morning. We're going to continue the, the series on the blessed life. Uh, last week, we, we covered some initial things on, uh, on giving and understanding that, that God is a source of our, our blessing and that we should not be afraid to give. But today, we're going to discuss something that may be preventing us from giving. But in light of what God has already done and shared with us this morning... I think God is saying, I've already shown you the victory. I'm just going to show you the, what, what the resistance is. And now that we can identify what I'm going to share this morning, God is saying, I want you to focus on what I've done. So I want to kind of build that up before we move into the message this morning. Amen? So let's just go ahead and pray. Father God, we thank you that you love each one of us so deeply, so powerfully, so immensely, Lord God, that you show up way beforehand. You carry us through our circumstances, Lord God. And you give us the hope of the future, knowing that your word is what delivers us. It's your word that it says it is the sword of the spirit. And it is through the spirit that we begin to experience your greatness, your goodness, your power, and your love, Lord God. So, Lord, let today be your words and not my own. Lord, let your word be lifted up. Let your spirit be lifted up. Let your power and your greatness be known through who you are, Lord God. And let us simply be your witnesses and your servants in Jesus' name. So we're going to cover just a couple of uh, verses this morning. And so today's message is called Breaking the Spirit of Mammon. How many have heard the word mammon before? Okay, so... Jesus, in this set of scriptures, uh, this, this message is actually just, just if this is your first time visiting or your first time being here with this message, it is a continuation of a message that uh, Pastor Robert Morris from Gateway Church uh, gave about three years ago. And he chose this set of scriptures based on that, uh, that word mammon. So let's just go ahead and read the scripture. Next slide. 
And this is taken out of Luke 16. Uh, this is, we're actually going to be reading through verses 9 through 13. And this, this is one of the only places in the whole Bible that God uses this word mammon. Uh, there is another reference to it in Luke, or I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, in Matthew. Uh, but it basically says the same thing as this. It really doesn't deviate from it. So let's just go ahead and read it together. And I say to you, make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon. That when you fail, they may receive you into an everlasting home. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in what is much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Next slide. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit your trust to true riches? And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? Next slide. No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Next slide. So what is mammon? Well, in the other translations of the Bible, it simply says money or wealth or riches, which is true. But it also takes on a deeper meaning. Mammon is actually the root of a, uh, uh, has root in Babylonian uh, history. And it actually came up through uh, the Syrian culture as well. And it is known as the God of riches or the God of wealth. And there is actually a spirit attached to money. And so what is the spirit? Well, the spirit of mammon is something where we begin to put our faith and our hope and our trust in something outside of God. In this case, which is money. It's riches. So how many of us are always looking for that, that extra uh, bit in order to take care of our, our issues? You know, it's, it's no coincidence that this morning... You know, God has drawn this whole thing from beginning to end, even right up until Ophi's uh, declaration for that if you are in need this morning, that we are to release that to God. And we all have needs. We all do. But the reality is if we begin to put our, our trust in, in money to take care of us, then we are already guilty of making that spirit about control of what we can do through money, and we don't need God. The spirit of mammon excludes God from whatever thing that it can supply to you. In, in this case, it's going to be whatever we need it for. It could be for a car payment. It could be for uh, just putting food on the table. It could be for a, a, a myriad of different things. But what Jesus is talking about here, he says, you know, if you're loyal to mammon, then that's when we begin to despise God. Because we put our hope in, that, in the funding, in the money, in the ritual of paying. That's what we begin to put our trust in. But I think God has made it clear here this morning, that's not what he wants our trust to be in. He wants it to be simply and firmly placed in him. So I only got a little bit of time this morning. So I really want to get to the meat. I don't want to spend a lot of time on uh, what mammon is. 
But I just want to cover uh, a couple of things before we get into the meat. We've all had this statement go through our head. If only we had more money, we could. So whatever we put on the end of that is already beginning to show where our faith and our hope and our trust is. Also, money is not what helps us. It's God. God helps us. It's not the almighty dollar. I mean, just that phrase alone, the almighty dollar. I mean, that is the spirit of mammon right there. Why? Because it's wanting the same glory that God has. There's only one almighty, right? And it ain't the dollar. <laughs> Amen. But it feels like it sometimes, right? Because we're in such need. We're like, gosh, if I just had what I needed right now, I could take care of myself. I could take care of my family. But God is saying, you already have me. So how do we get to that place of understanding what this unrighteous mammon is, unrighteous riches? Well, we already talked a little bit last week about tithing, right? We know in Malachi it talks about uh, tithing. And there's a little statement in Malachi that sometimes, you know, I don't know about you, but the first time I read it, I got a little offended at God. I'm like, how can, what? Wait a minute. And he uses the term rob. He said, will you rob me of what is mine? God is saying that first 10% belongs to him. And that if we're keeping it back, we're stealing from him. And we have to look at our heart and, and ask ourselves, why are we holding that 10% back? And I think if we get to the root of the reasons why, we're going to expose some mistrust, some unbelief. We're going to expose that, wait a minute, I really don't trust the word of God, which is the sword of the spirit, which is what God has already given to us in order to put our faith and our trust in. So let's go to the next slide. We're going to cover some, uh, just some scriptures real quick. And this is going to help solidify really exactly what this spirit of mammon is and how we can overcome it. So it says in Proverbs eleven twenty eight, he who trusts in riches will fall, but the righteous will flourish like a green leaf. Next slide. Let them no longer fool themselves by trusting in empty riches, for the emptiness will be their only reward. How many of us feel like that paycheck just runs out at the end of the week and there's nothing left, even to tithe with? But the enemy is the one who keeps tempting us and thinking, wait a minute, that belongs to you. That's yours. You have control over it. But God is saying, no, I, I want to do more with you and your finances. You can do more with the 90% if that first 10% has been consecrated to me. That's really what this whole set of scriptures is about. If you're faithful with that little 10%, then we can reach into that other part of Malachi where it says if you're obedient in that, if, you, if we test God in this, it says will he not open the floodgates of heaven? That he will supply your need. Next slide, please. Okay, this is what the Lord says. Don't let the wise boast in their wisdom or the powerful boast in their power. That's... 
I'm stopping right here in the middle of the verse because that's really what it's about. I've got my money. I don't need God. You know, Pastor Morris, in his message, he actually shared uh, a story about him in a boat. I won't tell the whole story, but there was a lesson from his story. And he said that he met with his father and he said, if money can take care of your problem, you have no problem. But if money cannot take care of your problem, God can. He will be able to touch your finances. He will be able to touch your trust. That's what this is about. And I think that's why God, he already gave a tithe of his Holy Spirit to you this morning, saying this is what you have in store because this is how much I love you. This power that we get from being loved is deeper than we could ever imagine. It's really not a story of money. It's not a story about riches. It's about a story of how valuable each and every one of you are sitting in this church today to God. And he's saying, trust me in this. But it takes us some effort, right? And that's why I love also what Ophi was reading this morning. And, and, you know, I don't know if she knew, but that's exactly the set of scriptures I was reading this morning. And in fact, John Piper did a, uh, a commentary on this that was very, very good. And he talked about it in such a way that, um, you know, we also have Paul that said at the end of his days, he said, I fought the good fight. And when we think about taking the kingdom with violence, you know, yeah, we think of swords and grenades and guns and tanks and all this kind of stuff and people being mean and hollering at, no, that's not what it means. It means you fight for love. You fight for what God is giving to you because the enemy wants to steal it away from you. He wants to take it and get you to despise God in the process. He wants you to take that 10%, and then when God says, give to me, you're going to despise him because you don't know his love, because the enemy has tricked you into thinking that God does not love you, he does not supply his, your needs, and he is going to fail you. But it couldn't be the farther, farthest thing from the truth. God is going to supply all your needs. He is going to give you what you need. But there has to be some type of movement forward. There has to be a step of faith. There has to be an understanding that I've got to uh, respond. See, God does not give something without us having to have a response. We don't accidentally stumble into the kingdom of God. Right? God forces his way into our life, makes us choose something, but the reality is, is if you think about a prison cell, God came down through his son, walked up to that prison gate, and he just touched it. And that thing went, it's open. But we have the responsibility to do the work of coming out. And it's not a work in the sense of you have to work for your salvation. It's just like, you know, I'm going to bring up ice cream again. I love ice cream. Okay. If I had your favorite ice cream up here, right, you're going to have to come up and get it. I'm not going to go down there and just put it, you know, in your mouth, right? Here, taste this. And you're like, well, that's not my favorite flavor. But God is saying, no, this, I've set you free. 
Now you got to fight. You got to fight for the kingdom. You got to fight for the, the blessing. Not in such a way that you have to work for it, but you're going to have to fight your flesh. You're going to have to fight the world. You're going to have to fight the devil because all of that is coming against you. It's reality. And if we think we can be passive in this, the, the, that spirit of mammon has already got us. Because we think we can just do it on our own. Just give me those, those Benjamins and I'll be fine. But the reality is, if we don't consecrate that first 10%, those Benjamins aren't going to go as far as we thought they would. In fact, they may lead us deeper into sin. Amen? Next slide. Okay, but those who wish to boast, okay, go, go past this. I think we already got it. Okay, overcoming mammon. Next slide. This is what I really want to get. This is what Paul said or, to Timothy. He says, teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. For their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Amen? He did, wait a minute, Chris, did he actually say enjoyment? Yes. Okay? Though we toil for it, he wants us to reap the benefits of it. He wants us to enjoy it. It doesn't have to be, okay, you've got my bills paid, and then, you know, I've got $3.80 left over at the end. No. God is a better God than that. The reason we only end up with three eighty dollars at the end is because we have been unfaithful. It's because we have chosen not to trust and we have chosen to walk in a path that is contrary to the right response to God's love. And that's where it starts. Next slide. Tell them to use their money to do good. That's what Jesus meant when he said that how, if you can't be faithful with the little, how are you going to be faithful with the true riches? And in fact, what Pastor Morris says is that it's those people out there in the world that don't know Jesus that are the true riches. That our money becomes a tool in the hand of God to reach the lost. That is the ultimate goal. But God gets us there in stages and in steps. He gets us to the place of freedom one little trust moment at a time. He first teaches us that you can do the 10%. And then once we receive the blessing of the of, uh, of tithing, then God moves us into another level of giving. And he says, now give to this. Now give to that. Help this person. Help that person. Now I want you to help the furtherance of the gospel. I want you to pour into uh, a ministry. I want you to pour into a, uh, a season to help people that are out there on the front lines spreading the, 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 uh, the gospel of Christ. Because church, the gospel never gets old. Amen. The gospel is fresh every morning for each and every one of us. How many of us have watched a movie, you know, whatever it is, take your favorite movie, put it in your mind, but then you pull it off the shelf two years later and you watch it again and it's just, yeah, it, but you've already watched it, right? It's kind of, meh, you don't really get much out of it like you did the first time you watched that movie, right? But it's not that way with the gospel. Because the gospel hits us every single day. Why? Because we, we're flesh. We're weak. We need the gospel every single day. It becomes a portion for us. It becomes our food. It becomes our nourishment. In order to get through the day, we need the gospel, the good news that God is saying, I'm still for you. I'm not against you. 
I haven't chosen to cast you out and, and abandon you. I've chosen to walk with you. Next slide. Don't worry about anything, he says. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. And I want you to take that in, in context. Tell him, or instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him before you get it. Because that's what it is. It's like, God, I'm giving it to you. You've already showed me how much you love me this morning. You've already showed me how much you care about me. I mean, I don't know about you. I saw um, I just saw something this morning. And I think, you know, Sierra and I got it kind of at the same time. You know, I saw her drop to her knees, and, I, and it, it was already hitting me. I mean, tears were flowing during that song, and it just hit me of how much God has already done for each and every one of us. He has displayed at every level his glory, his honor, and his love for us, the care that he's taken. Just the, the you know, I picked that word out, science, and I said, God, if our planet was one degree off closer or farther away from the sun, we wouldn't even be here. You took enough care just in that. That's just one little thing I think that we take for granted every single day. That's how much God cares for each one of us. And I'm running out of time. Don't worry, Marion. I'm closing down because there's a baby dedication. <laughs> but we're dedicating a baby today, right? Sometimes it's just our small little bit of faith. It's like, okay, Lord, I'm going to give. But I don't want to not share this, this one last little story, and then we're probably going to close here in a couple minutes. I wrote down, I said, if a person serves money, if a person is a slave to money, that's where he will spend all of his thoughts, all of his time, all his mental, mental energy, and all the creative resources will go into getting that money. But if we serve God, if we put our trust in God and put all of our mental energy into knowing him more despite our circumstances, that's when God begins to lift up our lives. He begins to lift up everything around it, begins to rise. Because God wants to show you his faithfulness in response to yours. This is one of the, the only conditional things that you can bring out of the Old Testament that God delivers to us now. Because that's where he said, test me in this, because it's conditional. It has nothing to do with our salvation, but it has everything to do with our salvation. Because if we can't trust God with our, with our finances, how can we trust him with our soul? That's the connection. So a professional football player exchanges his dietary freedom, his recreational freedom, his calendar, in exchange for a chance to win a Super Bowl win. Wing, ring. The decision to serve that love is a prerequisite for even the possibility of being fulfilled. Because you can't experience the fulfillment until you decide to serve your treasure. Servanthood comes first. 
For whatever is Lord is our love. Quite simply, if you say that you love me, but our actions don't align with that love, then the love is fake. You have not chosen to love. You have chosen to love something else by choosing to serve something else. So let's go to the last slide, and this is where I'm going to close. The afflicted and needy are seeking water, but there is none. And their tongue is parched with the thirst, is parched with thirst, and I, the Lord, will answer them myself. As the God of Israel, I will not forsake them. I will open rivers on the bare heights and springs in the midst of the valleys, and I will make the wilderness a pool of water and the dry lands fountains of water. God has you. He showed up this morning. He's already displayed his goodness to each and every one of us. And God is simply saying, I want you to trust in me. Don't trust in your riches. Don't trust in the money. Don't think it is your solution. Because I'm the one who gives. I'm the one who owns a cattle on a thousand hills. And I'm the one who delivers. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, Father, we just want to give the opportunity for those who have not known you. That before we can even understand the purpose of giving, we have to understand who you are in our lives. And Father, if there are any souls in this house today that need your love, that were touched by your spirit this morning, and they're looking for deliverance in their own life, Lord, whether it's from finances or any other thing, Lord God, I want to give them the opportunity to respond to you today. So if that's you, just go ahead and slip your hand up if you want prayer this morning for any of the things that we've covered, whether you want to know Jesus, whether you need help with your finances. Thank you, Lord. I see that hand. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, we just lift up to you every heart in this house today, Lord. Help them to know you more through your trust and understanding of the revelation of Christ in their own heart, Lord God. And Father, I just ask them to, to pray a simple and honest prayer from their heart this morning. So if you just want to piggyback on my words, that's fine. Father God, I just come before you this morning. And I just give to you my issue. I give to you my life, Lord God. Knowing that my issue is just a simple condition that points to a deeper condition of my heart. And that Jesus, I need you in my life. And I ask you to come into my heart right now and save this sinner. Show to me the depths of your love so that through your love I can find freedom from sin, and I can find joy in the Holy Spirit, knowing that you supply all of my needs, Lord, and that by saying this prayer, Lord, it is my heart that believes, and it is my mouth that confesses 
that because Jesus you died on that cross, rose on the third day, and you are now seated at the right hand of the Father, that you overcame sin and death, and you took my place. And I believe, I repent of my sin, I repent of the things that I've been thinking wrong, that I've been doing wrong, and I, I just give it to you right now. Because I know that through your grace, through your mercy, through your Holy Spirit, that I can do all things. In Jesus' name, amen. So at the, uh, anybody?